ओम ज्ञान चिरंधस्यज्ञानंजनशलाकाय चक्षुरिन्मीलितम् येन तस्मै श्री गुरवे नमः coming here i was just wondering what the panchatantra are doing in southern california it seems to be out of place this is a place of great material enjoyment all the way down to san diego and probably as soon as you cross the border it's quite different of course it's also in mexico Actually, they call it Southern California, but California continues, doesn't it? But they don't consider that in Mexico also. So, anyway, the mood of material enjoyment is very strong here. Whereas Mahaprabhu's teaching, Vairagya Vidya Nija Bhakti Yoga, Vairagya from Vairagya, or rather Vairagya and Vidya. They are the two concomitant factors in the bhakti yoga to himself that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is teaching, but we don't find vairagya or vidya very prominent here. What do you think, young lady? We are asking you. What's your name? Is your daughter Abhay? Yeah. Kalyani. Very good name. So we don't find this spirit of renunciation of this material world and thirst for transcendental knowledge very prominent here. So panchatattva are everywhere, latently, but they have come here. So we have to conclude that at least here is not exactly Southern California, but. Mayapodham, manifested by the will of the Lord. Here, Chandra Shekhar Baba, the, the Lord is dancing with his associates at night at the house of Sri Vashtako and performing dramas in the house of Chandra Shekhar. So I thought this. Of course, this reminds me of. Well, it should remind anyone of Mayapur Dam because this is the eternal abode of the Panchatattva and Bhakti Siddhanta Sarvatthaka was very much attached to Sri Mayapur Dam and very great love for Mayapur Dam. And I'm also scheduled to be going there soon, so I'm trying to mentally prepare myself for for that. To enter the dam, it's not just a matter of booking your tickets and arranging your accommodation and all this kind of thing. But to enter the dam, to actually enter the dam, means to enter the mood of service. Dham is only meant for service. Dham is not meant for enjoyment. That's why Americans or even Indians, for that matter, can never enter the dham. <laughs> as long as one's thinking, "I'm an American," or "I'm an Indian," or "I'm an enjoyer of this material world," then we will see that dham. As part of the material world to be enjoyed, 
just like in our recent BBT publication of perfect questions and perfect answers, they showed, they featured photos of Mayapur Dham. We're saying the beautiful countryside of Mayapur, as if it's some, as if it's something to be compared with the Swiss Alps or something. You can enjoy the beautiful, you can go there and enjoy the beautiful countryside. But actually it's, as long as we're thinking it's beautiful countryside from, I will, it looks so nice, let me enjoy it. Then we cannot understand the transcendental beauty of the Dham. Then if someone comes and dumps some garbage, then we'll think then it looks ugly and horrible. Which it is, but the Dham is never affected by all these things. So, anyway, this, uh, all these points, the, the Acharyas come to speak, Bhaktisiddhanta Sarthaka, revealed the truths of Gauravani, the speaking of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Um, he composed this song. Later, his disciples, they altered the end of it, when which he, he the end of it, he marks himself as a servant of the previous Acharyas in typical self-effacing language of Vaishnavas. But the, the uh, and later his disciples, the various disciples, depending on which line they came in, actually there should only be one line. Ultimately there's only one line. But there may be branches. So anyway, they, they spoke of him as Sri Varshabhanavibara Sada Savya Sevapar. He is always attached to the service of Sri Varshabhanavi Devi, Srimati Radharani, as that service is manifested in this world though it is not of this world, it is manifested by the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Sri Krishna Chaitanya, Radha Krishna Nahayana. He has summed this up. Anarpita chirin chirad karunyavatyana kolo samapiyatam unatajvala rasasva bhakti shriyam. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Radha and Krishna. He has come to teach the path of service to himself, to himself which was never offered before. And the Vaishnava Acharyas, especially those from Madhavendrapuri onwards, they have revealed this within this world in consonance with the desire of Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Sri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Stapitam Jaina Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamahyam when will Srila Rupa Goswami Prabhupada, who has revealed within this world the inner heart's desire of Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, when will he give me a place at his lotus feet? So this Sri Chaitanya Manobhishta, revealing the heart's desire of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. That is the 
service of the acharyas coming after Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to reveal the desire of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is not the work of a neophyte devotee or even a devotee situated on the intermediate level but only one who is in the heart of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and of whom Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is constantly dancing in his heart only such a person can understand what is the heart's desire of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu this <coughs> Chaitanya Manobhishta or the heart's desire of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu this is described in Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the mood of Srimati Radharani is tasting the sweetness of the poison of separation from Krishna it's simultaneously poisonous and sweet and no one can ascertain which is greater the poisonous or the sweet but the sweetness actually the madhurya rasa we say madhurya it's very sweet so the remembrance of that sweetness becomes even more intense so that is described in Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita that only Chaitanya Mahaprabhu knew his own heart and only one other Surup Goswami whose tar his body mind and soul were non-different from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu so he understood exactly what was in his heart and therefore Surup was able to comfort Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in his long nights in which each moment was like 12 years or more but Srub by singing relevant verses from various compositions especially Jaidev's Gita Govinda Chandidas Vidapati Rai Ramanandas Jagannath Palab Natak so he was able he was able to complement the mood of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and then when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was on the verge of total collapse then Sri Damada would revive him or sometimes he would deliberately lessen the mood because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mind was going to pieces but all this was very secret this was going on in the Gambhira mostly in the Gambhira the, the private room of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu at night but Rupa Goswami broadcast this to the world through his writings which was actually Chaitanya Mahaprabhu wanted that also he came so this Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Manobhishta, his desire his inner heart's desire was broadcast to the world by Rupa Goswami and by later Acharyas including of course Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami of course not everyone can understand this this is one of the mm, is it ironic or esoteric points of Shastra that even if it's written directly 
Not everyone can understand what it is. The Shastra is not like a school book or a teach yourself. Just like I, I confiscated a book from someone's home the other day. Teach yourself Hinduism. I mean, the title itself is ridiculous. Do it yourself, Hindu. <laughs> Convert yourself into a Hindu. So it, it, there's no such thing as teach yourself Gorya Siddhanta or, or teach yourself Shastra. There's no such thing. Shastra is given. It's it, it's often not even presented systematically, which which may bewilder the. Actually, their system is there, but not in the way that the empiric scholars think that it should be. It's not meant for them. It's not meant for empiric understanding. Ved Shastra is meant for awakening the heart's propensity to love Krishna. So, Ahereva Gatim Prena, the love for Krishna doesn't, it, it's not straightforward. Of course, we have Ado, Shadatata, Sadhu, Sangha, Atta, Pajana, Kriya. There's a gradual progression. But how that is awakened, that is, that is unpredictable. Can't say exactly. The, the movements of a snake, it doesn't move straightforwardly, but it moves like this. You have snakes here? Southern California, see lots of snakes. I would think so. It's a snakish kind of climate, seems to be. Now, I mean, the ones that crawl on the ground. Yes. You have those also? Yes. All right. <laughs> ones with legs and one with, ones without. So, uh, so Shastra, everything is given there, but it, even it's so straightforward... You put it, put it in front of the face, still people can't understand if they don't have the qualification to understand. And the qualification is not by amassing loads of information, even if it's good information, but by service attitude. And under the guidance of the Acharyas, so Rupa Goswami revealed this to the world in his writings, and writings means then also trained, especially Jiva Goswami, and then Jiva Goswami sent out Srinivas Shamananda Narota to teach this to the world. So these two, Acharya and Shastra, they reveal Krishna. Acharyas simply follow Shastra, but for the Acharyas, Shastra isn't necessary because they're all... Shastra is not necessary in the sense in that they are not, they are not sadhaks. They are nitya-siddha. They're eternal associates of Krishna come to this world to reveal Krishna to us. So they don't need Shastra for their elucidation. They already understand the purport. For them it's not a matter of understanding it's just like you don't have to learn, you don't have to go to biology class to learn how to breathe. You can, you can, in biology class, you can learn what is the process of breathing and what's going on in the, the, the body 
takes in oxygen and gives out carbon dioxide and how what is the air what is the so many things can be studied about breathing but you don't have to go to biology class to learn to breathe so similarly for the acharyas they don't have to learn how to actually there's no such thing as learning how to love krishna but to awaken that so the acharyas they don't learn or they don't take they don't take to krishna consciousness they're already perfectly situated in Krishna consciousness and although it may appear just like for instance Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasara Thakur was taught Bhaktisiddhanta by Bhaktinoda Thakur so that's true in one sense but in another sense he's already eternally perfect it may appear that Bhaktinoda Thakur in the early part of his life was a conditioned soul who didn't know very much about Krishna conscious and later came in contact with it and was charmed by it and took it up but we should understand that this this temporary displays of of uh, apparent non-Krishna consciousness have nothing to do with his actually that's true even of the conditioned souls they have it has nothing to do with their actual status of being eternally nitya siddha krishna prem shaddha kabunai shavanadi shuddha chitta kariyodai has nothing to do with their eternal status of being pure devotees of Krishna, but for the for the great acharyas, we can understand that the the temporary appearance in their lives of what apparently is materialistic propensities or even grossly materialistic propensities that can and that that can be under understood to be simply some display arranged by the uh, Lila Shakti of the Lord because after their apparent coming to Krishna consciousness what contributions they make are, are, the contributions of Bhakti and Thakur are unparalleled even we have the names of so many Acharyas here but what Bhakti and Thakur has given to the world is, is immeasurable so I was saying Sri Chaitanya Manobhishtam, so that's generally understood as Rupa Goswami, he revealed the, the heart of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, his heart's desire. But uh, there's another heart's desire. Priti Vite Ache Jatunagaradi Gram Sabhatta Prachahoi Bimoranam that Bhaktisiddhansasar Thakur, at least I'm not sure about Bhaktinotako, but Bhaktisdansasar Thakur. He regularly quoted this verse that Krishna consciousness should be preached in every town and village of the world and cited it as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's heart's desire. Because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said that. He wanted that. So these uh, great Acharyas have come to teach what is Krishna consciousness. Here in this song, Srila Bhaktisthan Sarasar Thakur writes, Parampara jano bhalo mate. You should know well what is parampara. What is the principle of parampara? Who are the members of the parampara? What do they teach? What are their activities, their pastimes? So to understand this is, it's, again, just to, to understand 
all of this, it's, it's, it's a great challenge to say that we should understand parampara because what are the teachings of the parampara? If we're to understand, that means we, what is it? That, uh, Brahma janati brahmaiva bhavati. That if one, to know the absolute truth means that one comes to, to, to the spiritual platform. One has to come to the spiritual platform to understand this. No one can understand the Acharyas by, by any other method than that of total submission to their message and serving their mission. The academic attempts to understand are wholly insufficient. Not, it's not that scholars who study without the, without surrender and without the service mood, that they can partially understand. Even they may amass information, but they cannot even slightly understand and that they do not even slightly understand is apparent in their lack of desire to surrender. So from the very beginning, they, 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 they make a great mistake at the very beginning and they compound that mistake by trying to amass information and thinking that we can understand without surrendering, without taking up the process. Or even if one takes up the process of Krishna consciousness under the guidance of the Acharyas but retains this kind of attitude that we can understand simply by amassing information, that also will be insufficient. Now, does that mean that we shouldn't study and try to... No, we, we should try to understand, but at the same time... Try to understand means the Acharyas have given us their teachings, so they, they didn't write so many books and give so many teachings just as a kind of intellectual exercise to pass their time. Time pass. But they did so, they, they, with the sense that we, that these teachings are required for the world, or at least for the people of the world who are intelligent enough to take them up. So, <clears throat> those teachings are to be accepted, but at the same time, it has to be understood how they are to be accepted, the, the, the attitude. And what is that attitude? Mahavakya. Shankaracharya has given what he considers Mahavakyas. Tattvamasi. That's famous. Then what else? No. Soham. Ah. Advitiya. What is that? Downbrain. Well, that's something he made up. But from the Shastra, from the Upanishads, he gave. Pragyanam Brahma is another one. So, but Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasar Thakur recognized four Mahavakas. Trinadu Pisunichena, Tarora Pisunichena, Amanina, Manadena. These are the four. These are the essence of all the Shastra through which the Shastra is to be understood. He said that this is the Diksha Mantra. Hmm. 
esoteric mantra, highly esoteric. We can, it's publicly available, but highly esoteric. Because unless one is actually initiated, which means not necessarily sitting in a formal ceremony, but initiated in the heart, having, having accepted actual surrender to the acharyas and the parampara, then this trinada pisunichena, at best it will remain a formula. Hmm. This is the esoteric information. Nowadays there's, by the grace of Raspi, Hari, Lal and others, there's much esoteric information being broadcast throughout the world. But first, this teaching of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, this should be considered and made one with the heart. Trinada pisu nichena, tarora pisa hishnana, amanira manadena kirtaniya sadahari. Then, when this is, when we have got some understanding of this, and understanding of this will not come by any other method but begging at the lotus feet of the acharyas to bless us with that mood and understanding and hearing from them and again and again you're not this body you're eternal spirit soul you're part and parcel of Krishna we're only meant for serving Krishna then when our when our dull intelligence begins to accept this then then with this kind of kirtan, kirtaniya sadaharihi, then this kind of chanting will reveal to us the adhika or the eligibility for entering into jaiva dharma, the actual propensity and necessity of the jiva to serve Radha and Krishna in Vrindavan. So the, these these topics, they're, they're constantly being repeated in, in various ways by Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur and Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur. I wanted to say about that book that last year I was saying I'd bring it next year, so I, I certainly hope that next year I'll be able to bring it, although I don't know because... I always think it's almost finished, but there's always more to do. But it appears as if it's finished now, and there's no... I, I don't foresee any major research more to be done, because in the last couple of years I had access, or guided access, to the old magazines, the Gorya magazines, Although Nadia Prakash, I haven't been through, but the main articles are in the Gorya anyway. So there doesn't appear to be more to do, but it's a matter of finishing. Just like when you build a house, the structure goes up and you think it's almost finished. But then the finishing takes at least as much time as digging the foundation and building the superstructure. That means putting in the electricity, water, plaster, different fittings, windows, it takes it takes as much time. But anyway, it's it appears to be more or less done. And I'm not rushing it. I'm, I'm 
and, and taking care to try and do it nicely because it's meant for glorification of this great Acharya. What word is there? What words can we use? I say great Acharya, sir. We've heard the term so many times we tend to we tend to take it quite what's the word in a familiar manner anyway I've I put lots of quotes from his writings and his words in there so devotees can judge for themselves when I'm reading his works I feel like I'm standing at the bottom of a great mountain looking up <laughs> So great. And the Prabhupada's gift is that he took us by the hand and led us through that. He made it very, very easy and available. <coughs> and sometimes some people think that because of that, Prabhupada was teaching on a lower level. Or that's not the fact. The fact is that we're on the lower level and Prabhupada took us. And, and he took us. And he's taking us. So actually if we are to appreciate the previous acharyas, if we, if we actually appreciate them, then our appreciation of Prabhupada can only increase, that he has given that which the previous acharyas have given us. But if, we're, if we have a mundane outlook, then we'll think that the previous acharyas were greater and Prabhupada is less. You know, trying to judge in some kind of materially contaminated manner. For that matter, Narottam Das's teachings are very simply given. The language is very simple. Although his Bhaktino Tako, his songs, are very simple, but the language is very simple. Anyone can understand. I mean, anyone who understands simple Bengali can understand. It's not his songs are in very simple language, but the the purport is so deep that it can serve to transport us to the that existence in which he constantly exists. The Acharyas they they don't live in this world. They're not part of this world. To think of Bhaktivinoda as a citizen of Calcutta or some such mundane perspective is incorrect because he is eternally a citizen of the spiritual world. He himself said that. That Gorki Shodas Babaji Maharaj would send people to Calcutta, tell Bhaktivinoda Prabhu to come and join me in Mayapur. Why is he staying in that? Maya Brahmanda, the world of Maya, means Calcutta. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur sent a message back saying that, conveying his blessings to Babaji Maharaj. That's interesting, isn't it? Because Babaji Maharaj is Babaji and Bhaktivinoda Thakur is a householder. So how is he to bless a renunciate? But on, on the spiritual platform, they're situated as in guru-disciple relationship. So I send his blessings back with a message to inform Gorki Shatas Babaji Maharaj that where I live is not the material world. <laughs> He's living in a house, 
in Calcutta with his family members engaged in government service so he appears to be like a materialistic person but where he is Jaidina Grihe Bhajana Deki Grihete Goloka Bhai by performing his daily puja he sees his whole house as Golok Vrindavan Amishananda Shukatabashi Shiratika Madhava Charanadasi when we go to Mayapodham we see the trees and the houses and people going past on bicycles at that time Bhaktivinoda was trying to would have been very few bicycles, if any. The, the little train that was arranged by Bhaktivinoda Thakur, that, that narrow gauge railway which comes just past his house. So we see all these things, but Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he sees him, he's sitting in his house, he sees, I am a servant of Radhika Madhava. He's in, so the, the vision is they, quite different to our vision, how they see. So the, the, taking shelter of the Acharyas means to learn to see how they see. Starva dyangam deke na deke tarmurti sarvatrahoita ishtadeva swarti. When they see everything moving and non moving, they don't exactly see that. Well, they see that, but they see everywhere. Krishna, their worshipable Lord, manifests. So we see, well, that's some kind of esoteric vision, unreal vision, but that is reality. What this this word esoteric that is a word to be used from our platform of vision. Because we don't see what is to be seen. Therefore we consider what the Acharyas teach us to be esoteric. But it's only esoteric because of our blindness. Just like in a place where all the people are blind, someone who can see is considered... Among the blind people who have faith that there is such a thing as vision... The person with vision is considered something very special. Although many of them may not believe that there is even such a thing as a sense of sight. Can you prove it? I mean, there are so many people. We're all living here. And none of us can see what you're talking about, seeing. So we think it's just your imagination. Can you prove there is such a thing as seeing? Among the blind people, the sense of sight is mythology. And if they demand, prove it, there's no way you can prove to them because their sense of sight is non-existent. <laughs> so they could see, if maybe if they have cataracts or so, to be removed or some kind of operation, then they could see. But in their present state, if they demand to see, we shall not believe in seeing unless you show it, then how will they see? It is not demonstrable to them. So in the same way, we are blind to spiritual, the whole material world, everyone is blind to that which should actually be seen. 
which are the pastimes of Radha and Krishna. But we cannot see, as Srila Prabhupada said, there's that conversation in Los Angeles. People say, show me God. Prabhupada said, you bring them to me. You cannot see. They have cataracts on their eyes. You bring them to me, I will do an operation. I will give them the power to see. So it may seem to us that what the Acharyas are speaking of is esoteric, and, but actually it's just normal from the point of view of the spiritual world, which is the real world. But in this material world, we, we cannot see and we take that to be normal. And they, therefore we talk of the information that the Acharyas give us esoteric. Although it's actually the dharma of the jiva, to serve Krishna. But we are so far removed from that that we think it to be something uh, unusual or impossible. Very high it is, there's no doubt. Very high it is. But then the jiva is also meant to be high. The jiva is meant to be at the lotus feet of Krishna. That's the highest one. That's a very high position. (laughs) But due to our perverted mentality, we want to dance on the head of Krishna. And Krishna doesn't agree. Krishna gives us this material world to dance in. <laughs> and we think, I am dancing. But ekali Ishwara Krishna arsampritta jare joiche nache tare toiche karinritta We think we are dancing independently, but Krishna is the only supreme controller. And all others are his servants. And as he makes them dance, thus they are forced to dance. So, like I said, I'm writing this book about... I'm writing this book means... I I don't know. It's, it's, It's going on. Somehow I'm engaged in this service. I can't say, I'm writing just like someone. I'm, I'm writing a book. It's my ideas, my... Uh, someone makes a novel. Harry Potter. So it's, it's all their ideas and their imagination. But even that's not theirs. That's also inspired by the heart, by the super soul. But... Uh, so I can't say I'm, I'm writing a book as if it's my creation I have created. But rather... engaged in this awesome service. This word awesome has become unawesome by being used so much by people in America. But if we actually consider the import, then it is an awesome service to be engaged in the service of the Acharyas, to sweep the floor of Krishna's temple. Maybe it's just it's an ordinary service. Who will do that? There's nothing ordinary. Everything is extraordinary. The only extraordinary thing about us sweeping the floor of Krishna's temple is that we're able to do so because actually we should faint while doing so. If we consider what is the opportunity to serve Krishna, we should not be able to maintain consciousness considering how merciful is Krishna to allow us to be engaged in this service. So the only Oh, the most awesome thing about it is that we're able to do so without fainting. That's either due to the Yogamaya Shakti of the Lord, 
which keeps the whole spiritual world moving on. Otherwise, everyone would just be fainted all the time. There wouldn't be any pastimes, because as soon as everyone considers this is Krishna, then immediately everyone faints. <laughs> so there can't be any pastimes unless the devotees think of Krishna as being in some way ordinary. Or the Mahamaya potency makes us think that, oh, this is so dull and miserable and boring. We don't have proper perception of it. So, all right, well, uh, there's a whole book coming and then there should be millions of books. All right, I'll finish there. What's going on? Your liver? Oh, I have liver problems here too. Even non-alcoholics. Virus. Oh. This alcoholic have worse. They have double trouble. How do you get that virus? From eating in restaurants or what? Oh, blood transfusion is very dangerous. Oh, Hep C? Yeah. Oh! Hare Krishna, it was nice knowing you. <laughs> well, maybe I'll die with it, not from it. Anyway, save a place for us up there. But you never know who's going first. Just like Tamal Krishna Maharaj said too. Mahavishnu Goswami, when he had a stroke in London, Mahavishnu Goswami had a stroke. So Tamal Krishna Maharaj said to him, well, save a place for me up there. And Mahavishnu Maharaj said to him, we don't know who's going first. It looked like Mahavishnu Maharaj was going, but going, but he he's still around. He's still with us on this platform, whereas Tamal Krishna Maharaj isn't. So you never know. You never know. You never know.